He's coming in hot tonight. All right. You've been working on your pops. You've been looking good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Put put more oil on me. Okay. Want me to hit your glute here? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Spread them up a little bit. Okay. Hey. Also, uh, get an extra fifty bucks if I bleed in this one. So tuck a razor blade under there. Okay. All right. In the glute. Yeah, that's fine. I've got you did, like you did do that last week though. That's kind of a cheap gimmick if you're continually. Yeah, but I got like thirteen in my wrist that are taped up, and I got a couple like okay. in the briefs. I don't. Okay. It, I should just have a lot of them on me as an option, you know. Okay. Now, I've noticed that the bulge is getting bigger. Last week it was a cucumber. What is this that you're shoving in there? Oh, this thing. Yeah. Uh, four cucumbers. <laughs> Four cucumbers. Okay, we need to I talk duck- about we need to talk about exponential growth with your character. Okay, I duct taped them together. Wow. All right. Do we know what hey. the decision is going to be on this? Are you having to throw this? Hey, in the middle of all the cucumbers, uh, Jacob, put a razor blade in there. I'll talk to you later, Jacob. That's terrible news. Okay. Hey, what terrible are you doing, man? Hey, I'm <sighs> trying to prep my guy here. Oh, skeleton, skeleton boy. Yeah, cut myself. You Which one? You don't have to cut yourself today. Well, if I move even a little bit, I'm going to cut myself at this point. Hand me hand me your title. No. Fuck that, dude. Yeah. He goes over. He couldn't anyway. He's covered in oil. Let me Those people out there, those hard-working adults, those kids with Polio, they came to see Kron the Skeleton Boy do his thing. Look, dude. It's over. You're pulling the match. What's over? It's over. His title runs over? It's over. Look, investors have got involved in some really weird shit. And there's five people out there ready to watch some wrestling. (laughs) And you're telling us it's over now? We went from 100 to 45 to 5. It's over. Seems like bad fucking management, dude. Earl had to invest more feed into the pig farm. Uh, Gregory is, well, he got divorced and his wife's taking half of everything. How can he need more feed? I killed three of his pigs in the ring last week. That's less feed. Who's getting the left money on that? Who's getting the leftover feed? Doesn't matter. I you want have to give up the title. I want it. He needs to bulk up. <laughs> so yeah, he had a good run. Listen, he's the Jay- one pump chump. That pump needs to be big. You it's a one hump chump. Don't oh, even get yeah, me sorry. started. I get Jacob. confused on the four cucumber bulge thing. Yeah, that was out of hand. I was going to cut that. Anyway, cut it. That's fair. Character notes, one thing. But yeah. now you're coming back here and you're telling us that you're you're shutting it down, huh? Oh, I have cut to. myself. God damn it. Well, why don't you have dig to. in Kron's ass and grab a razor blade and go cut down the fucking duct tape ring that I worked all afternoon putting together? Look, I don't even pay you guys for this. You just totally went with it. This was my own investment, my own adventure. And, you know, capitalism, I hate to say it, it's not going to work. 
I'm sorry, guys. I'm I'm sorry. Okay. Well, let's at least all go out there. Tell it to the fans. We'll divide up the pig feed amongst all of us. That way, everybody's walking away with something. Do you want to tombstone power drive me to finish to finish it off and walk out with the belt? Yeah, I could give you the skeleton shuffle. It would be an honor. I'm sorry. And well. if... Uh, the FBI comes around next week asking questions. This never happened. Just are we all on that level? I got so much poop on my fingers oiling Kron's ass. <laughs> and you tell you tell me that it's for nothing. Nothing now? It wasn't for nothing. We had two glorious weeks. Okay? Well, we're going to have to stop using this room. I can tell you that much. It stinks in here. There's oil and blood everywhere. And shit. That's your fault. I'm a stink fist now, guys. I'm a stink fist. You were the best trainer, mentor. Yeah, and I thought maybe you'd give me. I thought maybe you'd give me a shot. You know, at the title, and and I could beat Kron because I trained him, but I only half trained him. If we get some more investors, you never know, man. We could we could show up again. All right, guys, let's let's walk out there with our heads held high. Let's here, take my hands. They're That's oily. Very oily and slick. Ha, I got you. There's razor blades in my hands. <laughs> you fucking snakes. Jesus. You're gonna you're going to have to start using spray paint again. All right. Let's go out there. Let's let's tell all five of our fans that this week on Five Day Rentals, it's tough, guys. Don't dance. Welcome back, everybody, to the Five Day Rentals Podcast. This is the video store podcast where each week we take turns picking a flick that we think meets a fun, non-genre-specific category. This round's category is QT's Cuties, movies that feature actors or actresses that have worked with Quentin Tarantino before they worked with Quentin Tarantino. Previously in this category, we watched Alligator. It was followed by, Dan, what was your movie? <laughs> the Hidden from 1987. The Hidden from 1987. And hey, we're sticking to 1987. Because now we're watching Tough Guys Don't Dance, directed by the one and only Norman Mailer. I will be your host this week. It's Crom the Skeleton Boy. Joined as always by... uh. Two guys who spent some time this week trying to figure out how iPhone calling works. It's Andre Dan and Bones. Say hey. Howdy. Hidden really stuck with you, Kron, huh? 
even the week we were watching it, I couldn't remember the name of it. <laughs> I think that's why it failed to grow some legs, you know? It really hid in there, huh? <laughs> it's aptly named. It is absolutely atrocious how bad my just true cell phone signal is at my own house. So I did not have my internet had gone down that afternoon. So I was playing Resident Evil 4. How many calls do you think we made back and forth? Seven or eight, I think, (laughs) between us. Um, I did not realize that if you just hit that one button in the text chain, that it would FaceTime everybody. So I'm I'm I will take the blame for that one. But being on the call with you and then Dan calling and then trying to transfer over and then I lost you, it was just There was one time a stupid question. It could have been a text, but there was one time where I could hear Dan talking to you and he I don't think could hear me. <laughs> I I never seen you or heard you. <laughs> What a catastrophe. Uh, technology, baby. You got to love it. It's a true miracle we get this out every week. Mm-hmm. That that catastrophe almost reminds me of the movie we watched this week for the podcast. Tough guys don't dance. Uh, how familiar were you guys with this before you watched it? I uh, did... Was it Vinegar Syndrome that released? Yeah, they put out a Blu-ray okay. of this. So yeah, whenever whenever they release that, like the year end on a lot of the podcasts that I listen to, all the guys and gals were like, oh, it's great. It's great. So I had heard about it. And now I've seen it. Bones, new favorite movie? I was familiar with the um, greatest line reading of all time. Was not did not realize that it was from this movie when that happened. Um, so I was scrubbing through it to make sure that the rip worked, and happened to catch that part, and then texted you like, "Oh shit, I didn't realize this was in there." Um, truly not familiar. Did not seems odd that this was a canon movie. Um, I guess they tried, uh, but also I could see where somebody would, uh, love this movie and can totally see where somebody would say, oh my God, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. So, I mean, it is unfortunate, but this does feel like the serious movie that Canon would make. <laughs> I mean, yeah. just a complete swing and a miss at it. Well, they started with, was it the Apple or something like that weird epic musical? Oh, I don't know. Is that canon? I think they, I think there was like some kind of, you know, sex comedy thing that really put them on the map way back in the day. Okay. Yeah, the Apple's like a rock opera. Yeah, but is that canon? Yeah, and that's 1980. Okay. I'd have to look through all of them. Be, I mean, I am an intermediate canon guy. You know, I know, I know the Chuck runs. Mm-hmm. You know, the sort of when they really found their their candy center 
that's what I know of canon. These sure. outliers, you know. Um, but yeah, had, had you seen this before, before you picked it? You know, I'd probably tried to watch this two or three times when I got <laughs> the, the Blu-ray of it. And I honestly, I don't think I ever made it all the way through this movie. So this kind of forced my hand into finally completing this thing. Did you do it just the once for research? Uh, I did it. I did it kind of like once through for notes, but even then I was like, wait, who's that guy? And how does he tie into this? Like, even if you're watching it critically, it's pretty hard to follow at points. So it's kind of like I watched it through, did my notes and then had to come back for not the entire film, but like good chunks of it. So, yeah. Dan, did you do it twice? I did it one, one and a half. So I tried. Bones, did you watch this twice? I I did without showing my hand after watching it the first time. I was like, that's I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> and realized, no, I got to respect the process. I will say. I think I understand. Maybe not what they've maybe retconned into what they were going for, but I believe that I understand the timeline now that first watch is fucking impossible thank god for shaving cream yeah yeah i mean literally yeah. it's yeah. it's the one thing in the movie that at least ties you to a day like the changing of days mm-hmm. where'd that Which dog I've now started from? doing <laughs> he found it and then immediately lost it I hope you updated the hot dogs, dead dogs. List. I think I, I think mean. I'm a few few behind actually on <laughs> dead dogs and hot dogs. Yeah, my wife asked me this morning why there was a number two in my shaving cream on my. <laughs> Are you counting down when you leave? I just said I took a shit. So, so you decided to write a number on the mirror. Wait, a yeah, pull number two. A March. Oh, okay. You're letting her know what you did in there. Maybe I should change the name of this list to um, Dead Dogs and Sandwiches. No. (laughs) Let's not. Let's not. Let's not get back into that. No. Uh, Guys, any more hot takes on Tough Guys Don't Dance before we get into this plot? Uh, I think we're like Dan said, we're going to need all the time we have. So good luck. Thank you. Uh, one thing, Krant, did you uh, – I saw that somebody reached out and asked where they could rent this movie. Mm-hmm. Were you able to hook that person up? They should have it as of early this morning. So. Okay. So I, I looked today. It says it's on Tubi. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Well, I think I did like Just Watch or something and it was, you know, unavailable everywhere at that point in time. So – Man, doing this thing with ads. Holy shit. All right. Uh, And just for reference, this is QT's Cuties. This movie does feature Lawrence Tierney, who played, I don't know, Joe in Reservoir Dogs or something. He looks like the thing. He looks like a human monster of a man. He was the guy that got on to Mr. Pink for not tipping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Have you seen his picture on Letterboxd, though? It looks like in the 50s he was like a, you know, like a handsome dude. Oh, yeah? Okay. Like a leading man type, you know, that, I don't know. I, I don't know if the later years were real rough or what, but it's a little picture. I mean, he looks like a normal person and not a human made out of rocks, so... <laughs> He's got, yeah, he's got the uh, strong chin, you know, mm-hmm. of a 40s, 50s leading man there. Born in 1919, died in 2002. Oh. Hell yeah. He, he was born when the First World War ended. Holy shit. Is he the... Okay, so he's top credit for Unletterboxed Reservoir Dogs. Second is Armageddon. Is he the old dude that finds the the asteroid? I don't know. It's been years since I've seen that movie. Get the book! Get the book! But I don't want to miss a thing. Hey, don't don't sing so much. I gotta add all those to the <laughs> playlist. You've already added. Don't oh, I did already. All right, you can. That one's royalty free now. You can <laughs> sing that one whenever you want. But now that I know that, Kron. All right, guys. This is Tough Guys Don't Dance from the year 1987, directed by Norman Mailer, released, of course, by the Cannon Group. Kron, I do have a question right off the bat. Did you read the book? No. Okay. Are you going to? No. I, don't, I mean, no interest afterwards? Maybe down the road, but uh, I don't. I, I think there's a lot of stuff I'd rather read than. Tough guys don't dance. I ended this and I was like, maybe the book makes more sense. And I was like, ah, I got time for that. It would have to, right? Hey, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, you do get the voiceover, but I wonder if you have more of that in the book. If that helps with connective tissue, right? Because that's, I can think of, because you open on it, well, whatever, you're getting ready to fucking start the breakdown. Well, I do think I read a thing that it's kind of even weird that they had him do Tough Guys Don't Dance, because from what I saw, like the book was one of those things where it, it was something like he was, you know, contractually obligated to do one more book. And I don't know if he like disliked his publisher or if he had a certain day that he had to have it out to like get his full paycheck or something but it seemed like the book was written in like two and a half weeks or something so yeah so i think he just kind of slapped the book together and then i don't know uh tried to figure out what directing was as he made the movie so (laughs) uh lawrence tierney is not the guy who gets to name uh dotty in armageddon by the way i just watched that scene on youtube it's not him (laughs) Before anybody adds me. All right, guys, we open on a completely <laughs> black screen stuck in a timeless void somewhere. And we hear our hero, Tim, say, I keep saying to myself, death is a celebration. And then, boom, the credits just start. It's like some uh, a bunch of pictures of like Cape Cod and shit, you know, very New England coastal kind of vibes. Uh, don't know if you guys noticed, but executive producer Francis Coppola, mm-hmm. I, 
As far as this podcast goes, based on this and Supernova, this guy is dog shit, huh? <laughs> Terrible. Wouldn't know how he would redeem himself. Um, All right, we we jump over and see our hero, Tim Madden. He's at home. He's convinced, I guess, that someone has broken into his house. He does grab a fire poker and heads downstairs. Add it to the list. Luckily, what he finds in his kitchen is his dad, Doug. Uh, Doug asks him where his wife, Patty Lorraine, is. Oh, is that her name? <laughs> you only hear it, I don't know, 38 times in the movie. <laughs> uh, Tim says she took off about a month ago. These guys, like any father and son do, discuss Tim's trouble with women and the fact that uh, Doug often worried that his son might turn gay, as he says. They crack open a bottle of bourbon at what looks like 9.30 a.m. Nice. Doug says the doctors told him to quit drinking six months ago, but now the spirits circle around his bed and tell him to dance. But he always answers back, tough guys don't dance. Guys, that's all the time. That's the name of this movie. <laughs> First Take two minutes shot. of the movie. I guess you're not tough, Dan. Ah, dude, I'm the toughest. Me, I never dance. <laughs> Are you tough enough? <laughs> Dancing's fun. Yeah. Dancing's all right. Mm-hmm. If you're tough, you can dance, I think. Tough guy doesn't give a shit what anybody else thinks about him. Yeah. yeah, have you ever seen those kids doing windmill kicks at metal concerts? Hell yeah. That's tough as hell. Mm-hmm. I can't do a windmill kick right now. I'd, I'd be out for two weeks. Fighting off their demons, I guess. Hey, you guys don't drink bourbon with your fathers at 930 in the morning? I don't think I would. It's too no. early. I don't think my dad has ever, well, I guess maybe he's had Jack Daniels. What's the earliest you've ever drinking? With my dad? No, just in general. 7.45 a.m. Yeah, I think we did talk about it before. Right after you dropped the kids off at school? (laughs) No, on the golf course. Of course. Grab a beer out of your glove box and golf bag. It's not much earlier than Kron having a cocktail at lunch. Mm-hmm. Lunch is okay. You drinking at lunch, that's fine. You got to hit, if you're golfing, you're allowed that, but it's not like, no, anywhere else. It's got to be at least noon. See? Lunch. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You think noon's too early, Bones? Uh, I'm not saying do it every day. Don't live like you're in Mad Men or something, but... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, quite honestly, I, 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 I don't really care. Because there are people that work nights, right? So they might get off at 6, 7.30 a.m. and they want to go home and have Extreme something to unwind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Matter of fact, that might be where we talked about it. Check out our Extreme Prejudice episode. Yeah, let us know if we talk about 9 a.m. drinking there. Yeah, do all the work for us. And Peggy, you can't call a board meeting and not have the people there that we're going to present to. What do you mean he can't take the phone call? This is the last time we're having this conversation. We'll be in the ruins. We're going to go bankrupt. Is it going to happen, Don, or not? What? (laughs) You've done it. You've solidified yourself as my best friend. Listen, Don, I'm tired of you coming home, having dinner ready, the kids, everything. I need a moment. Which of these ties do you like better? Of course I'll have a bourbon. Some of those got really specific, Dan. (laughs) I'm looking forward to that episode. All right, Tim starts telling his uh, wild story. Our next box set's going to be the Mad Mad Men. Oh, hell yeah. I would love it, dude. I love Mad Men. (laughs) (laughs) Would be the number one podcast because that's Uh, what our number one. There has to be a hundred Mad Men podcasts, right? You really Mm -hmm. think so? I yeah, mean, there's plenty. I, I think I used to listen to one as like the series was ending. You know that we're doing in like real time. You know, like yeah, we're you guys wanna, we're covering last week's episode of Mad Men. You guys want to know a secret? Okay, I've never watched the last episode of of Mad Men. Why okay. you've watched all of them but the last one? Yep. Just fucking watch it, dude. I think it's on. Isn't it on Netflix or Hulu or something? It's. D- didn't want it to end, baby. Really? Yeah. It's a good. It's a good finale. <laughs> yeah. It's a fitting. I end. know. I know. It's not um, Sopranos. I'll get around to it, maybe. <laughs> All right, guys. Tim starts telling his crazy story. Uh, he's like, "Oh man, it's been one hell of a summer for me." <laughs> We jump over to this, like, big party that's going on. Uh, yeah, some lady <laughs> somebody takes off all of her clothes and answers the door. Turns out it's, it's like, not her boyfriend. I was going to say, it's like every party we throw. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Never could we get a- into this party? I think I could. <laughs> well, you've got that Coke stash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And People this, just assume you're holding. And this big bag of cocaine. <laughs> yeah. And four cucumbers in your pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kron's in. Uh, so this lady, she answers the door. She thinks it's her boyfriend, but it turns out that it's actually Alan Regency, who's played by Wings Hauser. Uh, and he's kind of like the local police chief or constable or whatever they call him up there isn't he filling in i think he's like new i think he's kind of like i'm the new chief of police or whatever yeah he's quickly greeted by patty lorraine who this party's taking place at her house 
Uh, we do see some kind of scummy guy sweeping up a bunch of cocaine off the table. That's Spider, right? Yeah, Spider is that guy's name. Uh, we kind of pan up. We see Tim at the party. He's just chilling on like the stairs up above, uh, drinking by himself. Him and Regency get to talking. We kind of see some cuts that show you that time has passed in some way. So the party's winding down, but him and Regency are still kind of hanging out drinking. Patty comes downstairs playing a trumpet. She tells Wings that she is in fact a witch, that all blondes are. And then she adds that my pussy hair was bright blonde in high school until I went out and scorched it with the football team. Yeah, I don't think that needs any explanation. We all know how friction works. I mean, they weren't hitting the target. I think they just... Uh, Dan, you might need to learn about grinding, my man. <laughs> all the hair rubbed off, you gotta, Dan. You got to roll those walls, buddy. You can't... Uh... I'm there to do a job, okay? I'm not there to mess around. All right, Wings and Tim, they kind of take a few shots at each other here. They kind of have like a little back and forth. Uh, We jump back to Tim and Doug just long enough for Tim to tell Doug that shit was really getting out of hand around Halloween. It is confusing on your first watch that it's his father, but he calls him Dougie. Mm -hmm. And... There is so much ADR in this movie, and I'm pretty sure that different actors are ADRing some actors, particularly Patty LaBelle. Uh, Patty, a lot of her scenes, Lorraine, I don't know why I wanted to say Patty LaBelle. Uh, It will not be the first time I say it in this episode um, or the last time. Yeah, that wasn't the first time I said it. I accidentally said it the first time. I'll say it again. Patty LaBelle. Um. Anyway, but him referring to his father as Dougie kept throwing me off because I was like, is he calling him daddy? But it sounds like Dougie. I had to look it up to, to see that his name was Doug. That in itself is weird. People that refer to their parents by their first name. Maybe on like the day of shooting, they didn't know they were supposed to be father and son. <laughs> I could believe it. Yeah. Maybe they shot it like Blair Witch where he just put like shit in jars and Ryan O'Neill just never got to that one. Never found it. Maybe it was a thing of like I've blocked it out. You make up all the dialogue. <laughs> you write the movie. That might explain the thirty percent of unnecessary dialogue. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, but it's so good though. The movie is kind of both infuriating and entertaining. I mean, you come and stay for the dialogue mm-hmm. of how just atrocious it is. It it just circles between being fun, awful, fun, awful. Her um, comment about her hair and the football team 
that's the in and out like moment for the audience. Like, okay. Yeah. You staying or you going? But it's preceded by her saying, yeah, all natural blondes are witches. And Ryan O'Neill's stilted delivery of, but you're not a natural blonde. Like, by this point, you're already thinking, oh, this is a bad play. (laughs) Because, like, you telling me that this was a book when it started, I thought, oh, this is book dialogue. This is book dialogue that I'm okay to read in sort of this, like, noir style, right? Like, it's it's meant to just be very specific and not very flowery, but it doesn't always translate well, and it doesn't translate for this. But you get the pussy hair line, and you're like, well, if you're not on board, like you said, Dan, like, it's See time. you later. Yeah. I guess when you think about it, that was also the in and out moment for the football team. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, guys. Right down. You know one of them didn't get out, though. Probably not. I guess that's more of a baseball reference. All right. Patty says around, uh, or Tim says around Halloween, there was going to be a seance. Quick cut to Patty being like, you're damn right we're going to have a seance. (laughs) One of my favorite lines from this movie. Yeah. Uh, Patty says they need to do this because two dead whores keep whispering to her at night. We cut quickly over to the seance. Uh, this scene's pretty insane. Patty asks these two women to communicate through them. Everybody puts their hands on a table. It starts shaking. Uh, Patty and the coke guy spider just start screaming wildly. I do like the like framing. It almost looks like a split diopter shot or something. Where oh, hundred percent it is. Yeah, yeah, they use it later too. How we many De Palma movies do you think he watched before making this? Probably at least the like more erotic ones, right? Like yeah. Dress to Kill. He had to watch, uh, what was this, 87? I don't know if, yeah. was Body Double out by this point? That might have been 88. I can't remember. No, I think it was early 84. 88. Oh, okay. Yeah, he definitely watched those two, at least. Yeah. Phantom of the Paradise. We cut over to a scene of Patty leaving. Uh, Tim's like, where are you going? She says, to the moon, asshole. <laughs> he says, you'll come back. You always do. Not this time. You and your dumb seance. <laughs> Tim's like, the seance was your idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the chauffeur comes in to grab Patty's bag. Tim says, you know, that lady, she wanted me to kill her husband and take all of his money. Chauffeur says, you mean Wardley Meeks? That guy's still alive. How'd you guys get all the money? Tim says, divorce, man. It pays more than running drugs. (laughs) Nope. Let me write that down. Is the chauffeur Samson? No, Bolo. Is the chauffeur's name. Okay. Because I think she she's like, Bolo, the bags. <laughs> I meant uh, from Half-Baked. Oh, I don't know. 
That's what I thought you meant. Fly me straight to the moon. Motherfucker, get me high every afternoon. Samson, it's Sheila. Mama fell. Shut up, bitch. Uh, I haven't seen that movie in forever. I bet, I bet I that movie loved. has has not aged well. I started it one night, and yeah, it hasn't really. I bet it's still funny. <laughs> I was laughing, but it's like, uh... cut back over to Doug and Tim. Uh, Doug implies something rotten must have happened. Tim says, "Well, there's two dead bodies in my cellar." Uh, he doesn't think he did it, but he's been hallucinating and blacking out a lot lately. <laughs> Haven't we all? Well, the three of us have. I mean. Totally. Not lately. You haven't been blacking been, out lately? I'm clean. I told you, once I finished all the Bud's beers, I was clean. Um, yeah, but you've been like huffing that rag soaked in gasoline. <laughs> Well, you know, I can got to get to sleep. <laughs> Tim Sorry. starts hard to yes and when I'm scrolling through IMDb. Sorry. Tim starts telling his story again. Uh, he's been waking up and changing the number on the mirror. This number represents every day that Patty Lorraine has been gone. He's currently on day 24. And then he also adds in voiceover, he didn't realize how bad the next five days were going to be. Isn't it incredible that that two is staying up for as long? <laughs> that it doesn't like dissipate? Yeah. And, like roll down the mirror and flop onto the sink. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, I think eventually it would just like dry out and you'd kind of just have like an outline of a two. Yeah. It was made differently in 87, I'm sure. Oh, that was... Harsher chemicals. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's when you could uh, fucking strip a Buick with your <laughs> shaving cream. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the same polymer that's allowing it to hold to that mirror is what's locking it to your face every morning. <laughs> All right. Tim goes down to the local bar. There's some weird-ass couple in there. Oh, uh, God damn it. I'm going to do that a lot. These two are being real creeps. Uh, <laughs> they're talking as if they were in like a, <laughs> a southern amateur theater production yes. of like a Tennessee Williams thing. I was going to ask, this is like in the East Coast. Why are there so many Southern like people up here? Tierney this, seems to be the most section. Northeastern guy in the entirety of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is like this whole town is <laughs> fucking trans South plates. Carolina. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, in the middle of delivering... <clears throat> delivering her lines, this lady just starts laughing at one point. So uh, add it to the goof section of IMDb, I guess. I bet fucking Mailer was like, no, that's like real life. That's exactly what people laugh sometimes when they're talking. 
I didn't notice that. I noticed her ridiculous laugh at his shitty joke, but I didn't I didn't There's, notice like a goof laugh. Was it in response to something the the other actor said? It's like before they call Tim over and she's just talking to her husband and she literally in the middle of her lines just starts laughing and they leave it in. These two do invite Tim over to their table. Uh, the lady starts going on that she used to be in triple X films. What? Eventually they ask Tim if he can tell them a joke. He says, what makes a surgeon happy? They say, what? To cut people, to cut people up and get paid for it. That's happiness. <laughs> she loves it. Fucking cackles. It's a real knee slapper. I guess. <laughs> These three go back to this couple's house. It's a real t- wife fucker. <laughs> it's a wife fucker of a joke, man. How old is this couple? The guy looks late 60s, early 70s. Looks <laughs> like <laughs> so he's 80. This chick looks like... Yeah, she's got to be in her 60s. I've never seen that actress younger. <laughs> um, I think she's the head um, uh, prostitute in Unforgiven. Uh, the one yeah, that that's right. leads the charge. Yeah. They cut up her cunny. <laughs> this is a good cast of mm-hmm. actors. and And everybody is committed, man. 100% yeah. to this material. Yep. These three go back to the couple's house. They all start doing some coke together. Um, uh, Tim is kind of like, I feel crazy right now. <laughs> They're like, what do you mean? He's like, well, I could kill you. Or maybe I'll just fuck your wife. <laughs> the guy, the husband is like, I guess if she's into it. And then they just kind of. Start going at it. Yeah, he's like pretty um, pretty cool with his consent, you know? I guess. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, maybe he didn't think she'd go through with it because he seems pretty distraught <laughs> a few seconds from now. Oh, that's a good point. And it adds to his, uh, you know, his lack of balls that she calls him out for. Mm-hmm. That he doesn't say... No, you may not have sex with my wife in front of me. <laughs> well, if she says it's okay. It's like when one of your parents didn't want to be the bad guy and would say, well, go ask hey. your father. If he's fine with it, I'll be fine with it. And they're, they're hoping that your father's not okay with it. Mm-hmm. Or you just... Dougie is your dad, and then you know you're fucking scot-free. Yeah, Doug was probably drunk by... <laughs> Two in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. He was drinking on the way to the golf course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a 7 a.m. beer kind of guy. <laughs> uh, Tim starts banging this lady. I guess they go outside and, like, bang up against his Jeep. And the husband is, like, crying at this point, so. Yeah. What's he like? Please let me speak. Please let me say something. Like, yeah, just, just like 
Yeah, like, please let me say something. Uh, be reasonable. Yeah. Something like that. And, like, straight up outside. Like, this movie has, what, three or three sex scenes in the northeastern cold. Mm-hmm. I guess if you've been there long enough, you can acclimate, but I don't know. Also, uh, did you notice when he calls her over and he pulls his dick out that his zipper seemed like it was two feet long? <laughs> like the zipper sound effect goes on for a few seconds. Maybe he's got one of those ones that goes all the way to the back mm-hmm. <laughs> of the jeans. But it's High like... Z- 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 no, it's zip. like it, it starts where a normal zipper does, but then it goes like down and back up the butt. For guys who need to get the balls out too while they're peeing, mm-hmm. would that also, help you? I guess you could poop through that too, right? If you don't Just have underwear on, yeah, zip, yeah, zip the back and fold the flaps over your cheeks. <laughs> it's a lot of zipper for not having some underwear on. That's true. Yeah, those metal teeth could get caught anywhere. <laughs> Depends on how long those balls are, too. Yeah, those zippers will burn off your pubes faster than a high school football team. (laughs) Yeah, they can uh, get rid of them faster than you would to put it in a nice uh, pube box from Kay's Jewelers. Oh, Oh, man. You gotta have a pube box. Yeah. Gotta collect your trophies. Did you guys get one after we watched Jade? That's uh I got another one. Mother's Day gift is <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> Don't say anything. Every kiss begins with pubes. Wow, this one's overflowing. Thanks, Dan. Pops Wait, there's pubes like already in it? <laughs> fucking uh one of those joke peanut jars. <laughs> yeah, she slides the top off and pubes fly out everywhere. <laughs> Here, put these safety goggles on first. Mm-hmm. Go check out our episode of Jade. It's out now. Tim wakes up back home. Uh, he's got a new tattoo. And he's like, I don't know how the hell I got this thing. You sure? It looks like it's just 10 just years old. <laughs> looks like it was put on with a uh, a wet napkin. <laughs> it's a It's a temporary. <laughs> Guys, I do have a signed up to get that same tattoo. A little heart with a Madeline over the top of it? Yeah, you get to choose where it goes. You don't have to put it on your arm. Can I choose what name goes inside of it? Yeah, of course. Oh, I'm going to stick with Madeline. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going Madeline, too. That's just like you. People aren't going to understand the reference if it's got someone else's name in there. You just say it's your mom, you know? And we're gonna look like idiots when we go to ToughCon if we don't <laughs> if we don't have Madeline in there. Everybody at ToughCon looks like an idiot. It's part of the joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes out to his jeep. He opens the door, finds his jean jacket, which is just soaking in blood. Must have been a nosebleed. 
Chief Regency calls Tim. He's kind of like, hey, dude, are you okay? Uh, he's like, you know what? You just, you better swing by the station. Over Chief the Regency st- seems like he needs to be more concerned about the other shit that's going on in his town. Terrible cop. I think he just kind of zeroed in on Tim's weird shit. <laughs> Do you, hey, Diablo, spoiler, are you referring to, uh, all of the shit that he's involved in. <laughs> this is the only thing he fucking cares about. Yeah. Like, he's fucking stoned all day and he wants to run for president. So at a certain point, it feels like there's my machete. It feels like these are the only like seven people that exist I, in I, Provincetown. I was going to so. bring that up too, Ron. There's uh, aside from a few extras at a bar every once in a while, there's nobody. This shit is dead. Mm hmm. What you talking about? We're the only people in this town. In hell town. In hell town. Regency tells Tim, hey, your little uh, marijuana stash out in the woods, you better go clear that up. Like, he says something about like state patrollers are looking around over there or something, but. How the fuck did they find that? He could barely find it. Why does he even have it? It seems like he's keeping like a. Isn't like she a rich? Dime bag of marijuana in a tree somewhere. <laughs> She's only so rich. <laughs> well, he I, says I, later. This is, this is the, not the movie for us to be doing this. Yeah. With. Well, he says later that, yeah, she covers him half writing and anything he makes from writing goes to her. Goes to her. So. She, I guess, has just enough to, like, somewhat support them. But, like, two of the other characters have pointed out, like, it wears out after a while. I so. think I think later in the movie they established that, like, in the divorce they got $2 million. But, yeah, it's it's kind of like everyone is saying, like, that's, <laughs> that's been everybody running. Gets. That's been running out for some time. Mm-hmm. I mean, two bills on these, that's... That's not gonna last you. I could stretch. I could stretch that the rest of my life. One hundred percent. I could stretch a hundred k. Not for the rest of your life. Yeah. No. Cron, if I bought a lottery ticket and it, I won five thousand dollars, is that your plan? A hundred thousand dollars in lottery tickets? <laughs> I'd be like, I could quit. Okay. Tim drives out to his pot hidey hole. Uh, he starts digging around in it. Doesn't find his weed, but he does find a blonde a head in a bag. And probably a snake. Why not? Well, you got to yeah. remember where the snakes are so you can uh, double attack with your knife. Once to pierce the box and then the second to kill the snake before it jumps. Mm-hmm. That's just good strategy. Mm-hmm. And once you learn where exactly they are, yeah, then you don't have to stab every box two times. Well, I want it. I do want that health from them. Got me every time. Every time. Every time. <laughs> Motherfuckers. They can do that. They're tricky. Yeah. There's one in the castle that you forget about because it's been a while since you've done it. It's mm-hmm. it's well placed. 
I think the one at the end gets me the most in that stupid regenerator room. There's one on like a gurney. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, yeah. Th- that's the one I forgot about every time. You still hit that one? Uh, Sometimes. Like, I guess if you depends. play like an infinite rocket launcher run and you can just blast the regenerator, go for it. But mm-hmm. I'm just stealthing around that whole room, not hitting anything. I guess it depends on what mode I'm on. Like assisted, I didn't care if they yeah. <laughs> came out anyway. So we've lost everybody. No, they know. They're cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although Zelda came out tonight, I guess, as of this record. So, so a lot of people will be jumping to. I seen something for Red Dead Two Mexico. Huh. I was like, oh, okay. Download the new Mexico expansion. (laughs) Things get a little wild south of the barrio. One tequila, two tequila, three tequila, floor. Uh, Looks like it might just be a mod. Mm -hmm. Community mod. You lost half of your money converting your dollars to pesos. <laughs> oh, look, you got to the border. Just crawl under Donald Trump's wall. Do you think well, they if put you, the if wall you throw two game? heavy grenades, it weakens the wall? Yeah, then you only need yeah. one fucking wrecking ball hit to mm-hmm. bring it down. You got to learn these tricks, people. Buy the strategy guides. Come on. No, you just listen to this podcast. You don't need to. (laughs) Don't spend your hard-earned $20 on that guide. Rockstar Toronto's like, how the fuck did they know this shit already? (laughs) Well, it'd be Capcom for Resident Evil. Yeah, but Rockstar did. Yeah, we've lost a thread. Yeah, but we're giving tips away for Resident Evil. I think I think tough guys don't dance is getting to our brains. Uh, listeners, vote on Discord whether that joke works better with Capcom or Rockstar. All right, Tim wakes up at home. He updates his shaving cream to the number 26. Some guy from the bar swings by. He's all kind of like, hey, dude, I hate to bother you, but that weird couple that you were definitely going to fuck. Uh, their car is still in the parking lot. He's like, do you know anything about that? Tim's confused. Uh, yeah, but you know, we only have four people in this town, so we only have two parking spaces. So it's uh, it's quite the inconvenience. Well, they were the only three at the bar that night. <laughs> Tim is confused. He does drive out to kind of the shitty part of town, I guess, where all the scum people live. He visits Spider, who was at the seance. Uh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Spider and his roommate are there hanging out. Um, let's see. Tim shows this watching other. Watching the West Virginia game. Yeah, they're watching a football game. <laughs> Spider, you're going to lose your bet. <laughs> Go on, get on, get on his back. Get on his back. Spider, my parents won't send us any more money this month. 
Yeah, they're such a loser. Yeah. I mean, hey, why don't you drink my piss? Tim ends up showing this other guy his tattoo. Uh, the I, other guy is like, all the can best. We do the, can we do a fucking podcast on the book, please? No. No. Yes. You want to read this after I, watching it? I want to read this book and I want to do a podcast about this. I'm taking forever getting through Heat 2, a book I am loving and is good. We gave How you, do you Thunder me? in Paradise. You can give me this book. You both said yes to Thunder in Paradise. How long is the book, Dan? If it's over Let me give 110 pages, I'm out. <laughs> you got to say at least 150. Can you, can you find like one of those... Uh, uh, abridged versions like I used to read as a kid. My grandmother will, would send me like a dozen of them. I will pay for you to have uh, whatever the fucking company is that works with Amazon to read it to you. Is there an audible? Uh, uh, like, is there an, an audio book yeah. of it? I don't know. I'm about to find out. It's read by Norman Mailer. <laughs> Hopefully it's read by and he does all Ryan O'Neill, all fifteen characters. <laughs> uh, Tim does show this guy his tattoo. There is an audible. How many pages is it? I'm getting there. Oh fuck, two hundred and eighty-eight. <laughs> That's too many. <laughs> That's about one hundred and eighty-eight too many. <laughs> This guy looks at Tim's tattoo. He's like, you know, all the best tattoo places are up in Boston. <laughs> and Tim's like, well, what about this one? Do you know who did this? And he's like, yeah, it was me. <laughs> uh, he's like, man, you were so shit-faced. I've never seen anybody so messed up, so twisted. Uh, he says that Tim was drunk and he kept yelling out like, Madeline, I wronged you. I'll tattoo your name on my forehead. The guy's like, I should have put it on your forehead. That would have been so so fucking twisted, dude. I could have fucked you. Yeah. So good. (laughs) These guys get a call. Uh, Regency calls Spider, and Spider is like, I don't have to look for him. He's right here. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Regency wants to see Tim down at that local bar. Regency, uh, Tim gets there. Regency says, hey, that couple you met with, that guy is fucking dead, dude. (laughs) Blew his brains out. He left a note, a note that was written to Wardley Meeks. Oh, you guys, that name's from the beginning of the movie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, shit. Regency says, by the way, I'm married to Madeline. You know her, huh? Tim says, yeah. She used to get drinks at this bar that I worked at. We get a brief little flashback of Tim and Madeline's story. They're flirting at a bar. Eventually they get married. They have problems. I don't think they ever got married. I thought they did. It does. Who cares? It doesn't okay, matter. Okay, sorry. All right, they didn't uh, get married. I bet it was hotter than a pepper sprout, though. 
they're at least together. Yeah. Um, Tim pulls out his trusted copy of Screw Magazine. Yeah. <laughs> like a fucking some, porno drawing on the front of it. Some great smut, mom, uh, smut wall material in that. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, I found this couple. They want a wife swap. Tim shows Madeline a photo of Patty and her husband at the time, Big Stew. Madeline comments that this guy must have the biggest dick in the world. There's no other <laughs> explanation for him. It's fucking hurtful. That's weird. There wasn't a picture of Karan. I wasn't born yet then. 87? Yeah, but this is taking place before 87 in the timeline of the movie, Dan. Oh, okay. You're, you're the expert tonight. Cut over to the wife swap scene. Madeline does seem to be enjoying herself quite a lot. Uh, Patty Lo- here, yeah. Yeah, Patty Lorraine is, like, in bed with Tim. Uh, she keeps telling him that, I don't know, like, Yankees use their mouths well or something. You got a tongue like a tallywhacker. <laughs> if After a lady used the word tallywhacker with you during anything sexual, would you? Would that I mean, be it? Would you particu- leave? Particularly during a swing? Yeah. Yeah, I gotta go. I don't know. It just means penis, right? Yeah, but and then also your girlfriend's over there getting it on with Big Stew and just having a fucking blast. I mean, yeah, I mean she is Southern, so Tallywhacker is, I'd say probably a Southern. It's the preferred <laughs> terminology. Sounds good with that Southern draw. Yeah, if you're from the South, give us that Tallywhacker history. Join the Discord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you do you say it every day, four times a day? Once a day is your minimum, so you tell us how far up we go from there. Do you go around this the table is... at dinner and count your usage of tallywhacker? <laughs> I'm going to say this is the first time I've heard tallywhacker in probably like 10 years. I think when I was real little, like elementary school, there was a game that was like tag that we called Tallywhacker. What is Tallywhacker? I, well, I think well, it just means dick, but... Did you just have to tap each other in the dick? That was the only way to get tag? No, I mean, it wasn't dirty or anything. Tallywhacker? It, it was like there was a... Like well, you're tallying how many whackers you hit. Yeah. <laughs> it was like underneath a, a, a slide... Or like these, you know, two support beams that came out. Yeah. And those were like. And it was you and your scout leader? Yeah. (laughs) No, it was the priest. Oh, okay. He was like. your tallywhacker badge? Mm Mm-hmm. Urban dictionary definition of tallywhacker, a length of rope used to count sheep. The shepherd would tie a knot. This is the urban dictionary definition. (laughs) This if one slowed up, right. he would. So this is like, um, what do they call that in army training? When you tie off each 
however far you go. I can't remember the name of it. But that's pretty much what it is, just to count sheep. All right, after the wife swap scene ends, uh, we cut over to Big Stu preaching. Patty's there playing the piano. As Tim and Madeline are leaving, Patty says, I want to leave Big Stu. My plan is I'm going to marry a rich guy, and then I'll divorce that guy, and I'll marry you. That's what she tells Tim. This is, uh, I don't know if they shot this first, or if this is victim to the ADR, but her accent here and everything is atrocious. Um, She's like, she says, uh, this is the worst. She's like, you could be whoever you want to be. Now me, I want to be a stewardess. Like it's, she's, it's fucking awful. Like it's beyond being funny and just bad. Um, Sounds a little like gump. I mean, yeah. (laughs) You can be whoever you want to be. Now what what do you want to be? What was the movie we covered where I didn't even know the lady was a flight attendant? You better tuck that lip in. You'll get that caught on a tripwire. Did not know she was a flight attendant. I don't know. Keep going, Cron. I'll think about it. All right. Tim and Madeline are arguing in the car. Uh, They both seem mad that the other one had a good time at the wife swap. So, I don't know. Oh, Uh, she's... Well, she's embarrassed because at the church sermon... What he's talking about, like, the sermon is basically about, like, hey, I fucked, I swung last night, mm-hmm. and it's making Patty laugh, and Tim is not, like, he's sort of neutral on it, but um, what's her name? is uh, Madeline is taking it as an insult, that Patty is insulting her for, like, man, you really dug my husband's big dong last night, whatever. Um. So, yeah, so continue. In the car. In the heat of the argument, Tim, they start fighting back and forth. Tim drives off the road. We cut over to Madeline in the hospital. Because of the accident, she's no longer able to have children. Her Uh, fault, by the way. Totally her fault. I'd say it's 50-50. She wouldn't have been in that scenario in the first place had he not been reading Screw magazine. Well, I, if you're going to go that far back, I'm just saying the accident itself. Like if you physically assault the person piloting the vehicle. I can't count the times how, how many times screw magazines got me in trouble. God. Mm-hmm. It's in the title, dude. You <laughs> will get screwed watching this or reading this. Watching this magazine. <laughs> you ain't reading it. Well, I didn't read it. I watched him read it <laughs> in the special features. Uh, <clears throat> these two also do some coke in the hospital, which apparently Tim ends up getting arrested for. <laughs> Cut over to Tim. He's just gotten out of prison. He's sweeping up the floor in some gin joint. He grabs a bottle off the like table, pours himself a drink, and announces to the bartender, this is my first drink in three years. This guy looks at him and he's like, all right, dude, do you want a quarter for the jukebox? Like, fucking sweep up, dude. 
Patty shows up at the bar. She's rich as hell now. <laughs> she married that rich man. Uh, she, and she tells Tim, when I tell you who it is, you're going to puddle in your pants. Nice. Turns out it's Wardley Meeks the third. Cut over to Patty and Tim meeting with a lawyer. They're going over exactly what and how Patty and Tim should provide a testimony in the divorce proceedings. So basically, this guy's kind of coaching them through, this is how you got to talk to these people. We're trying to get you the most money possible here. Um, when he's questioning Tim, Tim blurts out, I love Patty Lorraine. Even the lawyer is like, Jesus Christ, like, good luck. <laughs> Cut over to a meeting with Wardley and Tim. Uh, Wardley is kind of going over. Oh, Wardley at this point, is, he meets with him and he's like, divorce is all done. Uh, Patty got more money than I wanted to pay, but less than she wanted. So essentially like have fun spending my money. I think that's good enough for a pee break here. Okay. <laughs> my next my next note is like he draws twenty seven on the mirror, so it's kind of either yes. we try to get through another day or we break now. I thought when you said uh, uh, you're going to puddle your pants or whatever that you were going to tie that in, oh, she had shit, a little bit that... of a pause, and I was like, oh shit, okay, yeah, that would have been good. All we'll, right, let's go. We'll ADR that later. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fitting. I'll bet you're going to puddle your pants. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to the Five Day Rentals podcast. If you're just now joining us, we are smack dab in the middle of a movie that should not be this confusing for only featuring roughly seven characters. Uh, Patty Lorraine is a nightmare. She's, you know, getting into Tim's life, mixing it up. He's still in love with Madeline. They were involved in some kind of wife swap. That's about where we are. Uh, Tim back. Tim is back at the mirror. He writes number twenty-seven on it. He calls up Madeline and he's like, "Hey, so I heard you got." Two kids with Regency, you fucking liar. <laughs> She's like, no, you know I can't have kids. Those kids belong to Regency's brother. It's just a picture. She hangs up on, on Tim there. Does he say, uh, your husband told me you send regards? And she's basically like, fuck you, I don't send regards. <laughs> like, it's... it's <laughs> thought it was such an interesting way to... And it's it's far from the like most awkward interaction he has with her. <laughs> Tim drives out to see her. He looks around her house. Uh, she's got a weird needlepoint on the wall that says "Revenge is a dish which people of taste eat cold." <laughs> you guys know That's that old first... expression. Mm -hmm. Say first time I've seen that one. It would take less time to do revenge as a dish best served cold. 
He might have to pay somebody for that, though. It's not as fancy. Revenge is a dish which people of taste oft eat cold. It's a saying here in Providence, Rhode Island. It's a particular person who enjoys a cold revenge. One of you more greasy types may enjoy it room temp. I'm afraid I'm going to have to fan myself. It's so hot here in Providence Town. Seeing as the weather is so muggy up here, it's often a sign of regency and regalness that my revenge is almost freezing. You've got to eat it fast. And if we catch you putting your Revenge in some sort of high-class yeti. Why, you'll be kicked out of the social club. You're nothing more than a mere cheat. Tim, I do dare that I say that I see a, a new tattoo peeking out from your seersucker shirt. Yeah, I do, I do, I do say. <laughs> I do dare say, Tim. Who is Madeline? <laughs> uh, as the camera pans down the wall, we do also see a crazy picture of Regency who's draped in an American flag holding a machete. <laughs> I think I have this. Same I think Ben has taken him. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get back to you. No one loves the American flag more than Dan. Uh, I love America. Uh, I think also on the wall, there is like an outline of where a machete should go. Yeah. Tim sees the picture and he's like, how could you marry this guy? (laughs) Madeline says, hey, you chose Patty. I'm not happy with Regency. Or I am happy with Regency. In fact, we make out five times a night. That's why I call him Mr. Five. Mr. Five. Yeah. Yeah. And he always gives me my bonus points and gives me the double bed in for the room. Make, is that? I mean, she says make out. Yeah, they make so out five they just times a kiss? night. Kiss. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who the fuck makes out? There's any, probably a little anymore. I'd guess there's some over the clothes stuff. <laughs> you got to make out every once in a while. Yeah, every once in a while, but it's I don't know. There's a few smooches, but making out is work. <laughs> but you said earlier that whenever you do it, you're there to do a job. I guess we yeah, know. I I'm guess there we to know do a job. I guess we know who just lays there. It's Dan. <laughs> clock in, I clock out. Okay. Yeah. How are you supposed to breathe? Can't be kissing. Madeline. That's a deep cut you're going to have to add to that playlist. I didn't get it, so I'm not adding it. (laughs) Madeline gives Tim a note. Um, She tells him to go ahead and leave. Tim drives out to the ocean. He reads the note. It says, my husband, 
is having an affair with your wife. I don't think we should talk about it unless you're prepared to kill them. Here it is. Oh, God. The scene you've been waiting for. Oh, man. Oh, God. Oh, man. Everybody do their turn. Oh, God. Oh, man. Oh, Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, man. It's a beautiful scene. What? The fucking camera spin, man, just takes it up a notch, dude. Fucking Barry Lyndon, man. Tim goes out to the bar in the shitty part of town. Uh, he gets a call from Spider who says, hey, you better meet me over at your stash. Tim says, what about? Spider says, murder one. <laughs> you know, the worst of all murders. <laughs> not again. And it's not, it is not the first time they say murder one in the movie either. <laughs> oh, they, they say it, it four or five yeah, times. Fucking Norman Mailer looked it up like, which one's the worst one? <laughs> Oh, fucking murder one. Okay. <laughs> we got to add that one and fucking amplifier, right? We'll see how many pages of the 288 pages from that novel that it's on. 288 of them. <laughs> <laughs> You're being set up. Murder. Murder one. Tim runs out of the bar, but one of you know it, Regency's you th- right. You'd think that murder one would be the lowest, but it's not. It actually goes the other way. <laughs> Oh, yeah? You gotta go yeah. to the border? It's murder, murder uno down there. Murder 10 is basically like not even really murder. I murdered 10 somebody on the way over here. <laughs> Just stab him with a pencil. That's all it is. A murder nine's when you make your fucking bitch girlfriend drink your piss. <laughs> uh, Tim runs out of the bar, but Regency is waiting for him and picks him up. He shows I do that of- five times a night. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Five Pisses drinks. <laughs> I anything after that beer. Anything after so that she water. throws up. Oh, Tim, I do say, uh, if you could pull me a, a nice cool glass of that urine, I would be much obliged. I take piss like I take my revenge. Put it in the refrigerator first. Tim, I am soaking through this polyester. If you could please bring me a warm, uh, not a warm, a cool glass of piss. Oop, you almost caught me there. Are these muscles fresh? Oh, they... Tim, I do declare these muscles, they smell an awful trifle bad. Ugh. What the fuck, man? That's over. That that was over the line. I just, how hungry were the people that figured out, like, I bet we could eat that. Bet we could. Let that glide down our throat. I've never tried it. I, I never will. Crowd? I had a uh, fresh oysters like out in South Carolina. And? They're not bad. I mean, 
I don't think they would be bad. I just I, I haven't got around to it. They honestly kind of they just taste like salt water by themselves a little bit. It's like you put hot sauce and like lemon on them. That's what they taste like. So, do you guys do a neti pot at all? I have. Or when have I, you? Yeah, when I'm like feeling sick, kind of. <laughs> yeah. When you said that it tastes like salt water, I just imagine like, well, sometimes when you neti pot and it, you don't like lock your soft palate and it goes down the back of your throat. Like, I don't want that. Like, that's not good with a beer. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't are know. Maybe that's. Are you doing your neti pot and then cracking open a cold one? Well, uh, sometimes I'm neti potting Imagine before that. my my shower. I actually have a navage, so Brewster's Million over here. So I, I went. Pop, it's pop so that a few times a week. It's so rich. I don't even know what it is. But <laughs> so Peacemaker is a St. Louis restaurant, and they also have one in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And we went down there for uh, Isabel and Father John Misty show, and we went to the Peacemaker down there, and they had the oysters on like ice and shit. I was like, I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I am not touching that shit. Yeah. I would say if you're going to do it, do it like a coastal area. I am middle America. Nope. (laughs) No matter how much ice they've been on, they've been on ice for a day or two at least. So. Uh, Where am I? (laughs) Regency's waiting, picks him up, shows Tim a photo. Uh, it's the married lady from the bar. Tim's Wait, what? Jessica. Jessica. Tim's like, hey, man, all right, I fucked her and left. Like, they were both alive when I got out of there. <laughs> he does I mean, say how many he, guys he have had to say that, though, right? I fucked her and I left. She was alive yeah, and I there, left. There's a group of guys out there that have been investigated. Like, oh, yeah, she was totally alive after we had sex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, then, and there's a lot of guys that are like, look, dude, I fucking rocked her world so much. Like, she on a surface level, you might have thought she was dead. But, like, because I fucked so many chicks, like, so hard, so much, like, I know how to check. And she was, like, totally still breathing on the Coke mirror before I left. Okay. So, how many times a day do you actually, your words, fuck? Well, let's see. I make out five times a day at least. Oh, so, there is some making out involved. Let's yeah. Well, but I'm, dude, you cannot call that murder one. Hey, <laughs> that's who's a, this guy? That's at least murder five. All so, right. I'm trying to do an investigation here. Who are you? She was alive when I left, dude. It's murder five. <laughs> are you two both involved in this? This is my buddy, Troy. He fucks just as much as I do, and he just assumes that when I'm getting blamed, that he's also getting blamed. Troy, how many times a day are you, in his words, fucking? Oh, like, same as him. (laughs) That's not to say that we, like, run trains all the time, like we have, or that we're, like, fucking each other, like we have, but we at least also have, I don't know... Well, okay, so I'll make out with Troy like one time a day, but that's like check our breath. Mm-hmm. And then I'll at least have four after that. So let's just say four and disregard the make out with Troy. 
Hey, Lent, are you writing all this down? Okay. Um, so she was alive. Did she leave the, this house? We left the house. <laughs> so you guys went to her house or she came to your place? We were Detroit, at. Put we some were, pants on, please. We were at Bob's house. Who the fuck is Bob? And then we dropped her off at her house, but she was still breathing. Dude, it's hard to get pants over the four cucumbers, all right? <laughs> I'm going to book both of you. He duct tapes them around his dong and then fucks through the cucumbers. He thinks that crabs won't jump that distance. You guys are going in for murder one. No, murder Well, five, it's the worst dude. one. <laughs> Shit. Sorry. Regency drives Tim over to the station where they share some wild turkey. Uh, old wild turkey bottle looks super cool, guys. Mm-hmm. Super retro. Uh, Regency says, hey, uh, Patty was seen a few days ago in California with Wordly Meeks. In fact, they were spotted with Jessica and Lonnie Pangborn, the couple that Tim hooked up with. Yeah, All right. Okay. Sure. All right, so Regency says, based on the info he has, Jessica can identify Tim as the top cocaine dealer in New England. (laughs) Tim says, dude, this is a frame job uh, because the information I have says that Regency is fucking Patty Lorraine. Is this the point where you guys were all like, I guess I don't have to pay attention to plot here anymore. This is the point where I paused it and said, oh, 40 more minutes. God yeah. damn. I I had kind of started to pre-write the ending. I thought there was going to be some sort of like more of a team up between these two. And then it would be revealed that he was in on it. I didn't realize that they were going to sort of reveal it much sooner. And then you have that narrative cut. Um, it's fucking weird, man. This is where he lights up the joint in his own office and shit too, right? Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, Jesus, in your own office? He's like, I'm calming the suspect down? Yeah, something like yeah. that. <laughs> I mean, every character is definitely involved in this story. 100%. Yeah, there's no fat. There's no, there's no true auxiliary characters. Yeah, you couldn't shave a minute off this movie. <laughs> Tim leaves the police station. Uh, I guess he picked up a rogue dog on the way because he now has one in his Jeep. God. I will say I did rewind <laughs> to be like, wait a minute. Did I fucking miss something? <laughs> I, did the, I did the same thing. So on the second watch, I was like, I guess I got to look out for the dog. <laughs> But I will tell you, coming up, I definitely backed up quite a bit. Takes the dog over to his pot stash hidey hole. Uh, He's kind of digging around. But this time, there are two heads there. Oh, shit. I hate when that happens. He's taking these things back to his Jeep when suddenly he gets jumped by Spider and the other tattoo guy. They show up in like a white Rolls Royce. Uh, Spider ends up killing the unnamed dog. Tim bashes up Spider's Rolls 
Rolls Royce pretty good for this. The, that dog puppet is incredible. <laughs> incredible. That is a, a <laughs> apocalypto Jaguar level dog doll. And they are not afraid to show it. There's kind of a funny part where like he's about to, I don't know, like hit spider with a like a Your steel. knife is in my dog. <laughs> yeah. It's like I, I wanted him to be like, I just got him from the pound. Ten oh, minutes. Yeah. I had this dog ten minutes. This is the second holy shit, we had a dog in every movie here for QT's cuties. Hell yeah. Yeah, he's like standing over Spider. Spider pushes the dog doll off of him. And then I think he says, like, have some compassion, man. I need medical attention. <laughs> like, that is not the vernacular that Spider would use. It's so odd. Your knife is in my dog. You know, Mailer, he can't help himself, but... Mm-mm write this thing up, you know? Yeah, it's the fucking Sorkin. Everybody speaks like, you know, uh, what is it? I always get this wrong. Uh, iambic pentameter or whatever. Was that terminology? Yeah, you got it. Sure, yeah. Iambic pent- pentameter. Okay. <laughs> I am a contaminator, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim gets home, hides the heads in the cellar, wakes up, Day 28 on the mirror. No, Tim, just leave the heads there. Well, they keep multiplying. (laughs) You gotta... Take them with you. Break the chain at some point. Word of advice, listeners. Never take the heads with you. Iambic pentameter. Mm -hmm. I'm sure I said it wrong the first time, but I'm just clarifying. Uh, I don't know. I mean, people know your fucking hiding spot. That's the first problem. Yeah. It's yeah, a good just, hiding spot. Just keep your pot at home. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Just move to a legal state, bro. You know what I would do? I would put a stick of dynamite in there, mm-hmm. and I would blow that thing up, and then I would set a forest fire. No, dude. That's like the ultimate sin. Well, I'm not serving revenge, so I can heat things up. You think that's how we're getting all these forest fires? 100%. Yeah. Arson is way bigger than what you think. People love burning shit. All right. Day (laughs) Okay. I was going to tell you about one of the creepiest videos I have ever seen. Okay, go Uh, ahead. The audience is going to want to hear that. Yeah. Yes. Please. You guys realize that I tell stories like 10 to 1 to what you guys do. So. I, I told that Tallywhacker story earlier. <laughs> In my uh, uh, fireman days, we were watching a, a training video about, like, you know, identifying arsonists, right? Because they will oftentimes want to watch the fire. The world burns. Yeah. So they will show back up potentially. um, And they showed a clip of like a known arsonist that had fucking burned like a dozen barns. And they had his videotapes. So he would like 
set a barn on fire and then drive up the road up a hill where he could watch it. And it was just like the home video footage of him like filming the fire and him basically just going like, yeah, fucking, yeah, watch it burn. Like, uh, I don't know if he was J-O-ing or anything, but uh, it, probably it was, right, though. It was, I mean, <laughs> I was like, uh, might as well. It gave me a, a sign of like it, a newfound respect for like police investigators that have to watch videos of heinous shit because like Dan said, like, you know, arson goes on like fucking crazy. And, you know, since the advent of like recording that people have been recording awful, awful shit. So, you know, a, a true detective style, like having to watch all that shit. And I, I was just watching a barn burn and a guy freak out about that. I can only imagine some of the other stuff people have had to watch. Yeah, it'd be it'd be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> God, I can't say that. But. but also at the same time, they might go, actually, Tough Guys Don't Dance is a much harder watch than uh, <laughs> that arson video. I'd rather so, watch a fucking arson that's burning yeah. down a barn than this shit. Uh, Tim writes day 28 on the mirror. Doug shows up. Uh, Tim's told him everything that's happened. Doug says, dude, you're being framed. I'll take care of the heads. You got an anchor. <laughs> it's a fishing a, town, bro. We got a fucking deep, swimming in anchors. I'll deep six them. Yeah, that's another thing he says about a dozen times. Would <laughs> uh, you get mad at your son for this like how many fuck god damn how many times do i gotta do this for you it should only be once i don't know has he done it before they make it I seem like know. he hasn't even really been around and even the guys i mean even the dad basically says like you know i'm short on life and i realized uh, you know i do care about you and i want to be around so maybe he's taking this as like this is a, a way to make uh recompense <laughs> Within these three days, he's deep six three bodies. He's a good dad now, dude. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to be there for his kid. Let him help him get rid of these heads, dude. I'm saying you could be there for your kid, but you only get rid of one body per kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, just having a couple heads, that's like murder four. I mean, that's not even, <laughs> it's not even yeah. one of the top that one. Yeah. You could have Troy as a fucking kid. I'm going to be honest. I don't know any of these people's names in this movie. Troy is a callback to that uh, little improv bit that we were doing about the college guys. Oh, Troy again. You could have a rad tad for your kid. Fuck off. (laughs) I'll never have a rad tad as a kid. You might. No way. No way. You never know. You have a kid. I'm nicknaming nicknaming him Rad Tad. Tad. <laughs> yeah, let's fuck him up. <laughs> I go by Rad Tad now. <laughs> Just my luck. Your your children will seem uh will be all well adjusted and mine will be fucked up because Because he's named Rad Tad. I, I lack that part of, of uh that you guys have of, yeah, let's fuck bones up. 
Like, yeah, maybe they shouldn't have called him Rad Ted so much. I don't know. We'll see. He'll come out of it. Uh, We find out at this point these heads belong to Jessica and Patty. He signs off all his arson videos, Rad Tad, so (laughs) I'm blaming you guys, okay? Rip them, Rad Tad. I burn these barns down. Crash and burn! (laughs) Are you listening now, Dad? (laughs) Yeah, I've listened to your podcast. Uh, heads belong to Jessica and Patty. Doug says, uh, Jessica, hers was taken off with a machete. One clean blow. Definitely a frame-up job from Regency. He does offer to go out and deep-six the heads in the ocean. Tim's kind of starting his own investigation now. He goes out- That'll be my solution to every problem that we have now. To- Hey, what do you guys think? The intro is too long? I don't know. Let's deep six it. Mm-hmm. It sounds cool. Yeah. Tim drives out to the airport. Don't know why they have one because there's only six people that live in this community <laughs> and two of them are dead now. Well, a lot of people fly in. It's a lot of arrivals. Oh, they usually, they, Yeah, they usually end up in the fucking ocean with an anchor tied around them. But people fly in, but they never fly yeah, out. Yeah, not a lot of departures. The attendant tells him that Jessica flew out 10 days ago and Regency drove her to the airport. Tim goes back home. Madeline calls. She's scared. Regency is in his Green Beret uniform and his <laughs> machete is missing. Did they? I, I wondered if they fucked the. The filming up on that. What do you mean? Because the machete was already missing when he went to go see Madeline, right? Yeah, but he looks at the picture. But does she look at his wall and shit? You know, as regularly. Mm-hmm. She was probably finishing up another uh, ill-written needlepoint. So yeah. And by the time he goes to meet her, they have already killed Jessica. Yeah, I think that's right. So, yeah, to your point, Dan, it should be less that she says his machete is missing and more like, and he had his machete, you know, something. Tim goes out to check Regency's police car. He does find the machete and takes it. Just as he does, Wardley Meek shows up in a white Rolls Royce. What is going on with the cop car? It's parked across three... spots and the doors open hey town of eight people parking's easy to come I guess, by yes. <laughs> you have to lock your car no it's like Canada uh, Orderly pulls a gun on Tim he says spider and the other guys are dead I killed them he leads Tim out to the beach. He says, Spider and Stooley, that's the other guy's name, the tattoo guy, uh, they're buried next to the headless bodies of Patty Lorraine and Jessica. Tattoos by Stooley. <laughs> Get a tat, eat a Slim Jim. <laughs> Stooley's place. It's either 
your upper arm, or your forehead. That's it. Dudes come in and yell, eat me, you get a Slim Jim. Chicks come in and you yell, yell, eat me, fucking, I'll burn your pubes off. (laughs) You tell me where you want the tattoo, I pick the place I think it would look cooler on. (laughs) My shop, my choice. Yeah, despite despite my vocabulary and the the way I act, in in the last moments, I will keep you from making a fucking lifelong regret. Tim asks, hey, did you kill those women as well? Uh, Wardley kind of dodges, but he's like, hey, where are their heads at? Tim says they're at the bottom of the sea now. Out at the beach, Wardley asks if Patty ever gave Tim a rim job. <laughs> it's so sweet. They like set up a little beach fire and shit. <laughs> yeah. They're, like hanging out. And he shoots that gun. Five times? I'd say like six. And it's a tiny gun. Like how is there that many bullets in that gun? Mr. Six? Yeah. Exactly. Tim says, hey, dude, Patty wanted me to kill you back in the day, and I said no. Uh, We cut over now to Jessica. Well, my father hit me. Oh, yeah. He says, like, uh, please don't jump at me. My father hit me when he was rash or something. Like, he, this is, uh, Wordley's my favorite, man. From dialogue and delivery, 100%. Tim, I do declare if you've got a. Ice cold bottle of piss on you, I would be much obliged. Yes, I would love to sell cocaine with you as you lift this weird looking body part thing out of that barrel. (laughs) Now, one would think that seeing as I'm here shivering in the cold, that a warm glass of piss would warm my innards. But (laughs) that requires more digestion. And thus more fuel. And you are not. (laughs) Listen, it's all very sciental. And for that, just give me your cold piss. We cut over to Jessica and Lonnie's final night together. They're fighting. Lonnie's taking the money that he's got. and He's going to leave Jessica. Uh, But she shoots him and takes the briefcase. She calls Wardley. Uh, she's like, Lonnie shot himself. I'm at race point. I got your $2 million. Come and get me. Wardley hangs up. Patty's been listening on the other phone. She's like, you got to get down there before she runs off with the money. Wardley's like, I don't have the constitution to drive at night or some dumb shit. Um, but she's like, no, you just got to turn right. Like, the next street over and you'll be at race point. Orderly heads out. Turns out Patty sent him the wrong direction. Patty and Regency go and pick up Jessica themselves. Regency takes Jessica with him and Patty is driving, like, the Lonnie and Jessica car behind them. In Regency's car, Jessica starts making out with him. Regency is like, hey, you got to cool down, babe. Let's get rid of Patty first. 
Uh, argument kind of ensues once they all get parked. Patty ends up shooting Jessica in the head. This is like a love triangle inside of a love triangle, man. Yeah. I mean, shit's got layers. The whole like gaslighting of her shooting Jessica in the head, then running off to some bridge, and then he comes back and she just immediately starts blaming him. At, at this point, and if you hadn't, him. yeah, if you have not clocked how fucking crazy Patty LaBelle is, it's pretty evident in these flashbacks. Uh, once Jessica's out of the way, um, Regency and Patty end up burying the head out in Tim's pothole, and then they decide to bang right there after they've done the deed. Is this where she goes on about the spirits? Yeah. The bed in my house belonged to two whores. Those two dead whores. <laughs> Those two dead whores from Helltown. Yeah, I- I'll be honest with you. I'm not the smartest person. I don't understand what the spiritual stuff is supposed to um, uh, She's just a inf- witch, man. infer. Like, what is the, like, in the, what's the storytelling connective tissue with the whole because you even get like the cackling and stuff throughout the the soundtrack <laughs> like the what yeah what is what is that i don't know i don't know if norman like, mailer knows what <laughs> i mean he's just like it's fucking scary huh just yeah throw some witches in there dude yeah dude i bet there was a screening where he was like it's fucking spooky isn't it <laughs> got him with that last laugh mm-hmm <laughs> Norman, I think that look everyone has on their face is confusion, not spooked. They're in utter shock about how beautiful my piece of art is. All right, my next plot note. Wow, this movie is really falling apart now. (laughs) (laughs) Now. Yeah. Yeah, it was fucking running gangbusters up until this point. You poor guy. Uh, Spider and Stooley, there's a scene here where they go out and see Wardley. They want to go in the cocaine business together. Wardley is like, Lonnie is dead. Jessica is dismembered. Patty Lorraine is off on some toot. I'm about to go into business with you two absolute sleazos. I don't, what did they bring out of this barrel? I think it's Jessica's body. It's one of the... Yeah, yeah it's Jessica's, Jessica's decapitated body. body. Okay. That's been soaking in plaster of Paris or something? Yeah. yeah. I was like, is that supposed to be cocaine? Like, what? Is, what? I, that got me too because on second watch when I realized like, oh, they have the cocaine from Regency. So... They want the money from Wardley, and they'll supply him. Mm-hmm. Well, and they're going to be able to get it from Regency because they have, uh, they can now blackmail Regency the with the fact that they have the body. Patty goes out to meet with Wardley. Wardley says, uh, hey, we should get married again. She's like, no, I have taken another lover. <laughs> But she does want Wardley's friendship and his financial support. Get your ass off my pillow. 
she asks him, why do you even want to be a Coke dealer? He's like, go. well, fuck it, darling. I think it's exciting. <laughs> I may be a coward, but I assert I have death guts. Death guts. <laughs> All of the acting is like, it, it kind of sucks that it's not in a better movie because yeah. it's fun. But the setup is all here, though, to be a decent movie. It, you're 100% right, Dan. Like, there's there's some cool elements here. This feels this feels very hard case crime, Kron. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this could be stripped down and just be... Uh, the, I don't know if it's the amplification of it that doesn't work. I don't know if it's the, the, the timeline... I, I don't know what it is. It's the fact that they all sort of sound the same, you know, like their their voice and their dialogue. It sounds like it's just one person. It's just you know, Norman Mailer. <laughs> yeah. There's no real deviation between everybody. Everybody's just everybody just sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. It's like there's too many things stacked on top of each other, and it is too kind of one note throughout the entire thing. But yeah, it's like it's like all the twists and turns of a hard boiled crime novel with none of the reasoning for it. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just kind of like, well, it's confusing to be confusing. There's no, there's it's not coming from nor going anywhere. <laughs> it yeah. just is. And this is going to sound pervy. There's no titillation. Like, it's not sexy. Yeah. At all. Like, for a movie full of sex and references to sex, like, it's not, it's not, it makes it seem deviant mm-hmm. beyond its its necessary effect. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um. I was going to bring this up later. It seemed like in a way it was going for like what showgirls was going for. Right. Yeah. But I I think a lot of what works in that movie is somewhat unintentional. So that's true. But with showgirls, you at least your character has drive. You like her. She's thrown into this thing that, but, and there's elements of it that are amplified. But there's yeah. titillation throughout it, and it it goes like, "What the fuck?" and it scratches your head, and it gives you enough time to sort of think about it. This mm-hmm. just anytime you start to grasp what's going on, they cut to a fucking shaving cream number. And you're like, "Okay, I guess maybe you'll come back around." Yeah. I don't know. All right, guys, we're getting fairly close here. Uh, Patty tells Wardley that she wants to go out to Palm Beach now because of all the dynamite parties that go on out there. Uh, She says Wardley better come up with $10 million. If not, they'll pin Jessica and Alani's murders onto Wardley. Wardley says he's feeling sick. She says, do you want me to hold your fat head while you puke? (laughs) That is a great line. Wardley pulls a gun on Patty and ends up shooting her. Cut back over to Wardley and Tim on the beach. Wardley says, uh, hey, I kind of want to shoot you, but I don't think I can at this point. Like, I've gone through too much shit. Wardley says he knows he's in too deep and he's going to kill himself. 
He starts to put the gun in his mouth, but then he's like, uh uh-uh, uh, I was just kidding. <laughs> you wanted me to do it, huh, Tim? He's like, some friend you are. But he tells Tim to set behind or set beside him. Put your arm around me. Do you like me just a little bit? Tim's like, yeah, I still like you. We're boys. Orderly shoots himself right in the heart. <laughs> Tim gets back home. Regency's waiting for him. Outside, Madeline stops him. They start making out. So that could be even make out number six for her that day, if you think about it. <laughs> Shit. Slut. Jesus. Are you talking about Tim? Yeah, she makes out with Tim. Inside, Doug and Regency are drinking. Uh, Regency says he's got two sides, the enforcer and the maniac. Tim says, who are we addressing right now? Regency says, you've never even met the maniac. (laughs) Tim's like, hey, dude. Uh, make sure you clean all the blood stains out of that car before they catch you. Like, I'm pretty sure all this can come back on you at this point. And you turn that cop car in. Mm-hmm. Regency says... Maybe lock a fucking door, too. <laughs> there's only four people that live here now. We're good. Well, there used Gosh. to be eight. Now there's three, so... <laughs> Uh, Regency says, I did all of this because you fucked up Madeline. You put her in orgies and you took away her womb from her. Regency asks where Patty is. Tim says, Wardley Meeks killed her. Uh, This sends Regency, Regency into wild convulsions. He ends up, I guess, having a stroke... That's what I took from it, yeah. Once he well, wakes... after bashing his head in the door, like, that's enough to... Okay. What a fucking wild decision. Okay. Once he wakes up from his stroke, he first tells Madeline, I made you come 16 times in one night. Do, do the voice, Kron. <laughs> the stroke voice? Yeah. I don't know. That seems risky. <laughs> Madeline, he's, he's doing a fucking Harvey Dent mm-hmm. with his mouth. Madeline basically says she agrees with his assessment, but none of those were good orgasms. <laughs> and O's oh. and O, baby. I Shit. hate I hate a bad orgasm. Regency says uh, Patty Lorraine was big time, but Madeline, she was just small potatoes. Outside, Tim and Doug are arguing over who gets to kill Regency, (laughs) but Madeline just shoots him at this point. Outside the room, Doug jokingly goofs, I could have told him, you never call an Italian small potatoes. (laughs) Felt like there should have been a rim shot there or something. Mm -hmm. uh, Fucking Norman Mailer did one on his desk after he typed that shit out. (laughs) Doug and Tim go out to the ocean. They deep six Regency's body. We're mercifully at the end of this thing now. Tim and Madeline pull up to a giant house. Who owns this house? We do. 
What did it cost? Two million. I found it in a briefcase in the closet. (laughs) Tim carries Madeline over the threshold. But when do you know it? The music turns dark. Tim shuts the door. We hear a bunch of wailing noises and then Patty Lorraine's stupid laugh. Roll credits. <laughs> guys, thank, that was Tough God. Guys Don't Dance from the year 1987, directed by Norman Mailer. From his script, based on his book. Thanks, yes. Norman. I mean, after watching this, and we never put the episode out, but in like our run-up to starting the show, we covered Stephen King's Maximum Overdrive. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to look to see like what other authors have made one movie <laughs> because these things are not good, but they are interesting. <laughs> Michael Crichton. Didn't he do runaway? I can look that up. I don't know. I might research that and see if we've got enough for a category. <laughs> Season two. Well, I I know Runaway, but he also he did a few other ones. He did uh he did uh, Westworld. I thought he just wrote it, but okay. Uh, guys, any final thoughts on Tough Guys Don't Dance? All right, Uh, now if you. I mean, if you listen to the show and you didn't watch the movie, I would say at least seek out the uh, beach scene and look up Death Guts. Uh, I don't know if I could uh, uh, recommend people paying for this. Well, I bought the whole Blu-ray, so. Are you allowed to send stuff back to Vinegar Syndrome? Nah. Like, do they give you one a year? Should be. Nope, you rolled the dice, you get what you get. Okay. Well, I got my notebook ready, Karan. Uh, Guys, no reason to delay any further. I think it's time we play Helltown's favorite game. It's Rate My Letterbox. Rate My Letterbox. Rate My Box. Karan. 2.0, 2.0, Dan, 1.0. Cron Howard. I got you at a 2.5. Bones, get you at a 1.5. I'm going to say Dan, a 2.0. Bones, would he put this on the level of Texas Chainsaw, the next generation. I think Bones a 1.0. I'm not going to delay and take up multiple minutes on this. Uh, I barely liked this more than Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the next generation. Um, I'm going to give it a 0.5 for Death Guts. In the everlasting life of the Oh God meme, uh, 1.0. Oh, Dan, would you happen to have gotten the average letterbox score? 
Oh, yes. Let's do that. Right I got now. it, Dan. It's 3.0. Yeah, I looked it up already. Okay. Thank you, Bunt. You got it. All right, gentlemen. Cron Howard. Cron Howard. Cron Howard. Welcome back to the podcast because... The dialogue is golden, and I loved every second of it. <laughs> this is a <laughs> it's a it's a fuzzy head. You get a fuzzy head going into <laughs> trying to figure all this out. But God damn it, I I think I like this. This is a three for me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't I don't know if I'm a fan of Barry Lyndon. I'll say that. Ryan O'Neill. So I I don't know. There's just something the the narration, like just how he's drinking alone, like on that fucking st- lounging on that fucking staircase and shit. <laughs> Some of the fucking shit that was said, you couldn't. Oh, that was a fool shit. I couldn't flush. Like just some. <laughs> I'm like, God damn, there's some one-liners in here. But I enjoyed it. I don't... I didn't... I'd always heard about it. And I was like, oh, that sounds terrible. But I liked it. I, I thought it was... I mean, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But it's... I would say you at least have to definitely watch this in life. If you're a fan of movies. So yeah, 3.0 for, for Dan. Wow. An incredible score from Dan. Um, Letterbox is right on the money. Guys, Tough Guys Don't Dance is nonsensical garbage at certain points. <laughs> um, I think we kind of touched on it, but it is like it's too long. There's too much happening in it. There's too many kind of like overlapping love triangles that honestly don't matter. The movie does have seven to eight characters and is like much too confusing but like dan there is a charm to this thing i mean it is so stupid that at points it works really really well uh i mean the whole reasons to watch this are the dialogue and the actor's deliveries like i don't know what direction norman Mailer was giving it feels completely wrong um but I don't know, like some of these people are having fun. The lines are dumb. Um, and it it's not like, you know, what people call so bad it's good. But there are these pockets of the movie that are like super entertaining. And then you – so I, I think a normal movie, you know, would kind of have a graph of like a slow build up to the finale. And then, you know, it'd be this very smooth thing. Whereas tough guys don't dance would be these crazy jagged peaks of ups and downs. Um, High highs and low lows. Yeah. So I absolutely agree with Dan. Um, If you like movies, you should watch this thing at least once in your lifetime. I'm not quite as high as Dan. I think this is a mixed bag of a film. I'm giving this a 2.5. God damn it. I mean, it's not going to be that high, Bones. I don't know why you're 
Let's update the big list. All right, guys, this one would have an average score from the three of us of 2.167. This would end up at number 83 on the big list. Oh, this is going to bum bones out. <laughs> this would currently be at number 83. This would be right below Puppet Master 3 at 82 and right above... Punisher Warzone at 84. God, I love this podcast. I don't fucking understand you guys sometimes, man. <laughs> it's fun. It's kind of fun. And Punisher Warzone isn't. It's a car crash. You can't look away. You got to admit there's some kind of fun to be had here. There's in, some charm, in, dude. In, in a... This that's is what, that's what the one is for. That's what the Thunder one is Paradise. for. It's not a three. That that's Dan, actually you said one of the Dan, one of the positives you listed off is like the guy sitting and drinking on the stairs. Like you <laughs> you said, I don't know, that's kind of cool. The guy sitting and drinking. Because that's all he does through the whole movie. <laughs> he sits there. Yeah. He does kind of sit and drink and the movie happens around him. He has almost no agency. It's the leading man. God damn it. I think what Dan said was good, though. He said this is kind of the equivalent of Thunder in Paradise. No, it's not. Yeah, it's a bunch of confusing shit that doesn't really work, and somehow it has some kind of charm. Yeah. How is Thunder in Paradise confusing? It shouldn't work, but the magic is that it does work. This is an attempt to work, and it Fucking fails miserably. Yeah, but everything is an attempt to work. That's kind of <laughs> well, what they set but, out to to do. <laughs> I don't. There's just I, that's too bad of a statement. What I'm saying, this is an attempt to. I I don't know how much I believe the retconning of like, oh, it's meant to be sort of funny. I think when they probably had people laughing at fucking oh god oh no and death guts. They're like, well, I guess we're going to sort of fucking lean into it being, I think it was intended to be a showgirl, a showgirl style sort of satire and this amplified and it's going to be dark and sexy and it, it's not, hey, I kinda, to be fair, you gave it a three. It's not like you gave it a four, you know what I mean? Like I'm just being ridiculous and I probably would have let it go, but the, I enjoyed myself, but the fact that you can rate that this sits above Punisher Warzone. Oh yeah, I'd watch. I think I tough guy. I would watch Puppet Master three and Punisher Warzone for the hundredth time before I watch this again. I think I would watch this over Punisher Warzone again. <sighs> Thank you, Crown. I think I would. <laughs> I think I would compare it more to like the Room. Yeah, exactly. Which I'm not a big fan of the Room. Like it kind of but... has that vibe though of. Acting that makes no sense. Like, none of it makes sense, really. Room made by somebody who has no fucking idea what they're doing. This is made by 
Norman Somebody Mailer. supposed to be, yes. No, like, director Norman Mailer. <laughs> a writer. Yeah, but At he's a writer. But he doesn't know jack shit about how a movie works. <laughs> and we just found out. <laughs> yeah, he fucking made a three star movie, apparently. Jesus. Yeah, in my eyes. All right. Dan, you won the rate my letterbox with a 1.5. Hell yeah. Kron, you and I tied with a one. All right, after this round, Bones, you're still comfortably in the lead. 21.5. I would have a 20. Dan, a 19. Don't call it a comeback, though. This guy's picking up points right and left. Fucking throwing his ratings. Throwing my ratings. Yeah, you really you give this a 1, but you I shifted rate, right there. I rate with my heart. Shit is rigged. One more to go, buddy. One more category to go. That's right. We are quickly approaching the end of season one of the Five Day Rentals podcast. How's it oh, feel, guys? Yeah. Accomplished. Yeah. Feeling good. Feeling strong. Will there be a season two? <laughs> there better. Should I got there a be? a lot of shit lined up. Yeah, should there be? <laughs> I don't know. Um... Maybe. Well, there's going to be a rewind. We know that. Yeah. Maybe in our rewind, we can we can talk about our, our feelings of season one. And, you know, I'd be interested to see if there's any listeners out there that, that have any thoughts on season one. You know, like what could you could you sum it up in a way? What are you excited for in season two? Dan, you've hinted at some stuff. Um, we yeah. are going to take a little bit of a break. Let's start yeah. telling people now. Um, July. You're not going to have any new episodes. We're going to take the summer off. We're going to uh, spend time with our families. Yeah. Recalculate. Mm-hmm. Reset. Rethink about our our decisions and our ratings and what we've done to the big list. But there's going to be a season two. We're just taking July to retool, come back stronger and thicker than ever. Oh, you know. Oh, yeah. Five cucumbers this time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But longer, guys, longer cold opens. Mm-hmm. No more pauses, more gaps, more inside jokes. Can I burp any more than what I do? Probably not. Well, guys, before we worry about any of that, we do have one more category to go. It is my category. We do have one more. We got one last thing, thing to, to do. do oh shit! Episode. That's right. We always forget. We need to do fuck, Mary kill for QT's cuties. Uh, Bones, this was your category. I'll go first here. I think... I think I'm going to marry Alligator. I think I'm going to fuck the Hidden. And even though I liked it much better than Bones, I'm sadly going to kill off Tough Guys Don't Dance. I am gonna fuck the hidden. I'm gonna marry alligator as well, and yeah, I'm killing tough guys. Don't dance. I, I think it's a unanimous decision, guys. I'm deep sixing tough guys, <laughs> and uh, oh, that's how fitting that I'm. That's murder one, dude. <laughs> oh yeah, shit, going, that's the worst one. Going away for a long time. 
And then uh, how fitting that we're marrying Alligator, considering that it uh, trashed a wedding reception. Uh, Props, Chad Dill, Penny Smasher did say this has been a wonderful category. He's liked everything we've picked. Yeah, he didn't hear. He hasn't seen Tough Guys yet. He didn't hear about this movie, so. He asked me today where he could get it, so I was like, I'll send it to you. You can rent it from me. I think the consensus is that that um, a lot of people out there, I think I heard on Blank Check, it was an older episode, but David Sims brought up The Hidden, and he was like, one of my fucking favorite 80s movies. So... It is it is kind of cool when you when we select something or somebody picks something and then you get the the people on Discord like I fucking love that movie or whatever. I like that as much as what the fuck is this? So <laughs> I like those two extremes, you know. Yeah. Okay. Kron, you just want to knock out your next category? I mean, if you guys are ready, I'm ready. I, I, let's let's do it. Let's just do it. All right. This is officially the after shower segment now of the show. <laughs> Uh, guys, we've come so far in this elongated season one of the Five Day Reynolds podcast. Uh, a brief history before the show started, we did three run up episodes together. That was called Big Rigs. We did movies where people drive big trucks. Now, additionally, we've had Revenge One actual revenge movies we've had revenge 2 pinocchio's revenge slash olden times slash uh ancient times. ancient times then we had uh revenge 3 puppets revenge and guys it's time we're keeping it alive it's revenge 4 big rigs are back we're starting the way, wait, we're ending the way we started mm-hmm. by covering three big rigs, big rig movies, this time ones that the people out there are going to get to hear about. I have. S- if, if anybody asks, they're unlistenable, right? You're, you'll they, never hear. They were test runs to figure the thing out. So mm-hmm. I somebody has asked me, oh, I'd love to hear that. No. No. I haven't even heard. Yeah. They're, well, here's the no. thing. Go back and listen to episode one and then think of that being 50 times worse than that yes. episode. <laughs> you don't want to hear them. Uh, yeah. Convoy has is peppered with, with jokes, but also peppered with me genuinely trying to like give proper film analysis. Like I had not really figured out. Oh, we're going to just goof off more. It wasn't. Uh, but what I think it did was set like a good establishment of like what our selections will be. Because I picked fucking Black Dog. And that that is the most Bones movie. Maximum Overdrive is the most Cron movie of that. Convoy is the most Dan movie. So mm-hmm. Big Rigs are in our it's it's that underlying it's our actor secret. Right. It's in our pocket. We are the big so, rigs. I will, I will say for this category, if you do, since we will never release uh, those three shows, if you do want to pick the, your movie over again, feel free to. Uh, 
I will not be picking Maximum Overdrive. Because, <laughs> guys, I came across a movie. I talked about this a long time ago. We were coming off of, I believe, Puppet's Revenge category, where we watched three puppet movies. I ended up watching, like, six puppet movies. Um, And I, I think I told a story where I had seen a movie that seemed like it was just run-of-the-mill, was probably on TBS all the time. Mm-hmm. And I was blown away by it. I didn't know if it was coming off the puppet movies or if it was just truly a great film. But guys, we're going to watch it together. From the year 1997, directed by Jonathan Mostow. This one stars Kurt Russell. It's called Breakdown. Breakdown. Have you guys seen this one? I I rented this when I was a kid. Like I watched this I would have been like thirteen. So I have I remember a lot about this movie, but I'm extremely excited to watch it again. Um our first Buds trip, I remember looking through your USB stick that you brought Cron mm-hmm. for us to pick a movie. I think the other three went out to go get groceries. Yep. And you and I were trying to figure out the A V setup. And I was like, oh, fucking breakdown. And you were like, shut up, shut the fuck up, shut up, shut up. So I've I've had a hint for a while, and I believe Dan got a hint for a while. But it's a fitting, wonderful end to season one, Cron. I'm stoked. Dan, you know this movie? Uh, we are recording this on May 11th. Uh, happy anniversary, mom and dad. But yes, I remember them renting this. When, whenever it came out, so I've seen bits and pieces. This is a great movie. It's kind of a. I may have seen it. I just it's been so fucking long. It's kind of almost like a Hitchcock thing set on the open road. Uh, has a really cool tone. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I just love it. Kurt Russell is always good to see in any movie. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're not allowed to pick any of his movies in season two. I'm not going to honor that. (laughs) Not even a little bit. I do think this is available on, I don't know, maybe HBO. Um, I I just had it pulled up. Readily available somewhere. And if not, I can let you guys rent Uh, a copy. Okay. Dope, dope movie. Quite honestly, it's going to be a, uh, you know, how high we rank this bad boy. So I hope people check this out beforehand. Yeah. Breakdown. Hey, I'll freely admit, watch it before you sit down with Tough Guys Don't Dance. (laughs) You got it on Prime and you got it on Paramount Plus and FUBU if you have that. That was on Paramount Plus too. I didn't see that in Just Watch. Sorry. So yeah, you guys have access, right? Uh, well, I have the Blu-ray of it. So, Hell but yeah. yeah, breakdown, and I can't wait to see what my best buds bring to this redux of the big rig category. I guess I've, in, I've got some work to do. I will not be picking Black Dog. I will not be picking Convoy. Wow. Three new I'm saving Black movies. Dog for a live show. 
I thought about picking a big treble again. Sure. Veto. Veto. All right, guys. Let's just let's just do a fucking big trouble breakdown show. Let's just do that as a box oh, like, set. like a minute each episode. Yeah, we'll do like we'll do Star Wars minute for Big Trouble. I'm down. Season two, baby. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, join us next week for breakdown. Please rate and review. Helps the show out. Join the Discord. Um, follow us on Letterboxd, Twitter, Instagram. We're out there. And tell your friends and your families, your mothers and your brothers. Uh, but other than that, crash and burn. Hot dogs a sandwich. Patty Lorraine is on a toot. Mm-hmm.